Hello and welcome to another episode of Melissa Lim Lawcast. I'm your host, Douglas Go. In the following month, I will be taking over Melissa Lim Lawcast and launch a new series entitled Unlock Your Employment Rights, where I feature Ms. Rachel Tan, an employment lawyer from Masters Diamond Simulingen and Partners, to discuss important employment issues today and explain how the law is responding and most importantly, what needs to be on your radar. A huge thank you to Collapse Co-working Space Malaysia for giving us this wonderful room to record our podcast. Sounds exciting? Let's get into it. Welcome back, guys. So together here with me today, we have Rachel, an employment lawyer from Moses Darwin, Similingen and Partners. Um, Rachel, how are you? I'm feeling very well, actually. <laughs> yeah. How how was work so far? Uh, work has been busy throughout MCO and throughout RMCO. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still very busy. Yeah. Okay. Um. So for today's podcast, we're going to focus on a topic I do think that is rarely to be discussed in the Malaysia workplace. That's about sexual harassment. Okay. So um, for the benefit of audience and general public, um, can you share with us a little bit like what are the elements that entail sexual harassment at the workplace? Um, sexual harassment at the workplace could happen verbally, physically, psychologically. Yeah. Um, it could be in the form of quid pro quo, uh, abuse of power by any of the superior towards their, uh, you know, yeah. employees. So these are some of the elements, very common elements, uh, sexual harassment at workplace. Yeah, um, it's very interesting that you pointed out like um, verbal can be counted as sexual harassment. Can you provide like, you know some examples of that verbal sexual harassment? Well, as a matter of fact, the federal court case Asma versus Rizwan was based on a verbal harassment. Uh, well, federal court case, our first ever tort of sexual harassment was premised on a verbal sexual harassment case. Yeah. Um, the defendant or the claimant who sued the victim, the claimant was a harasser, and then he sued the victim for defamation. The victim counters to him for tort of sexual harassment, yeah. and tort of sexual harassment was upheld by the high court and then later the federal court. So this was ne- never happened. We never had a tort of sexual harassment, but in two thousand sixteen, our landmark case has provided that even verbal harassment can be can be uh, to- be tortious. Yeah. So yes, um, all he did was using words that are obviously not acceptable to her. Mm. and uh, has in, uh, new innuendos and uh, laced with sexual favours and mm. uh, connotations. Yeah, would you say offensive words sometimes may be called as sexual harassment? It really depends on how the uh, victim feels. What is their ability to accept? Some, th- some people are like, okay, like, probably this is a joke. I yeah. accept it. But some people's tolerance, right? what they feel is unacceptable, it's really depending on degree of acceptance. Okay. Right. Right. Um, so, in your opinion, what progress do you think like Malaysia has, you know, has done with combating sexual harassment at place so far? Well, we started quite some time ago in 1999. We actually have a code of eradication of sexual harassment, which was issued by the uh, Minister of Human Resource, and then in uh, early 2000s, we actually incorporated the definition of sexual harassment in the Employment Act itself. To say that we are progressing uh, well, I'm not saying I'm not going to say that, but we did progress from somewhere at one point. 
And uh, before this week, there were talks about sexual harassment bill. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know what happens to it now. Nah. So yeah. It's floating somewhere in the parliament. That was waiting to be tabled, I yes. guess. Ah, waiting to be tabled, floating in the parliament. I don't know. Did someone check? I have not seen it. <laughs> so we were, there were talks. There were some level of improvement. Uh, Section 81G, A to G in the Employment Act sort of gave a lot of power to the employee to file a complaint to the com- uh, to the director general yeah. in order for them to get some solace or some attention for matters relating to sexual harassment, which was not inquired by the company. Yes. So an employee can file a complaint if the company did not take their complaint of sexual harassment seriously. Okay. And the company can be fined for those matters, actually. Yeah, let's just focus on the employer's duty to create or have a safe working culture and environment. And absolutely, if let's say your company has happened um, sexual harassment, and that will affect the other employees' feeling or their willingness to work in this company as well. So Rachel, do you have any tips or advice perhaps to the employers and the directors of the company when they want to combat sexual harassment within their organizations? So basically, at this current juncture, most companies would have already have some sort of a sexual harassment policy, yeah. code of conduct in the company. And that is the first step to honestly improve the situation of sexual harassment in the company. Um, most organizations are encouraged to have. As a matter of fact, we were looking at amending the Employment Act to include this extra section yes. uh, whereby every company must have a notice or a code of sexual harassment compulsory, statutory requirement to have one. And that was a progress that we were waiting to happen because they were planning to amend the Employment Act, hmm. right? So uh, these were the things that was already been put forth uh, in the previous government and uh, mentioned in the previous budget. Um, we'll see what happens, whether we move forward by putting it as a statutory requirement. But however, I think most companies are very well aware, more or less, acknowledge sexual harassment is a form of misconduct, regardless where it happens, whether it takes place during a business trip or a family day or a dinner between an employer and employee in a private setting. Yeah. It is still sexual harassment nonetheless. Mm, yeah. And someone would say that, oh, but they went on a private dinner. Why should a company be involved? Mm. Well, let's put it this way. I went to dinner with my boss. I don't expect my boss to touch me. Yes. The relationship, the legal status I'm going out for dinner with is a boss. If he's going out with a boyfriend, then it's a different story. Although it's a private setting, my legal relationship with that person is still the same. I'm mm. still viewing him as a boss. So in that context, the company can still take action, yeah. even though it happened in a private setting. Okay, okay one last question, Rachel. Um, what are the steps that the victim of sexual harassment should do? Um, according to my understanding, I guess... They would just file the complaint to the HR department? I think that should be the first way. Um, well, first and foremost, you should know that you should never keep silent if someone crosses your line. Yeah. Um, I personally have encountered my own level, some level of sexual harassment as well. But I think where I fail to, as a personal, as a personal uh, experience, I think I fail because I was also afraid. And the fear is... It's different for everybody. Some people will find the courage and fear to voice out, tell their perpetrator off, like, you know, tell the person who's harassing them off. Some might not have that sort of uh, courage to do so. 
I obviously would yell at somebody like, if somebody yeah. tries to be okay. funny and then the whole office will know about it and probably everybody will avoid me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but all said and done, it is uh, always good that the company has a culture to encourage people to speak up. Yes. If it crosses your line, don't hesitate to speak up and of course you tell the employee that we have zero tolerance towards assessment. That will give them courage to come forward. Okay. Right, and then after that, obviously, if the harasser doesn't back off, then the next step will be either reported to police under section. They will, they can be charged under section penal code of five zero nine, right? Or you can actually tell HR and then lodge it as a formal uh, IR complaint towards. I mean, a, a complaint to the uh, human resource department. So these are some of the steps that you can consider. All right. With that, thank you so much, Rachel, for talking to us. And I hope uh, you guys are more well aware of the legal landscape on sexual harassment at the workplace and also are more enlightened on this subject matter. But before I wrap up this podcast, if anyone has experienced any sexual harassment at the workplace and you have no one, absolutely no one that can help you, um, I encourage you to contact the NGOs out there. Uh, you can contact Women's Aid Organization. Their number is 03-7956-3488. Or you can also contact All Women's Action Society. Their number is 03-7877-4221. To everyone listening our podcast, I want to let you know that you are not alone. Whether you are female or male, if you have experienced this or if you have gone through this, it's okay to feel whatever feelings that you want to feel, but there's always people out there. There's always people willing to talk to you about this situation. So I hope this podcast is a good one and we are signing off and I will see you in the next podcast. Thank you so much, Rachel. Bye.